have you ever collected anything? Kyle, have you asked me this before, or did I dream it? I I mean, if you <laughs> dreamt this, what a sad dream no. to have. <laughs> hey, uh, do you collect anything? <laughs> yes, let me regale it to you in this imaginary world where I have all of the control. <laughs> and this is what I'm going to do instead. <laughs> um, I collect vinyl records now oh right yes i told myself at the beginning that i was buying them because i was gonna play them but i very Mm -hmm, rarely mm -hmm. do so it is probably more correct to just call it a collection (laughs) collection that i just like to have (laughs) well it could be a usable collection too it is is i do sometimes play them but not often (laughs) uh what about you kai oh you know i used to collect a lot of things like (laughs) in, in a bad way like i used to collect hoard Yeah, hoard. I used to collect rocks, bouncy balls, you know, trading cards. Sure. Pencils, uh, marbles. Too many things. You could have been the marble runs guy if you just stuck to it. I could have been the marble runs guy if I actually understood how marbles worked. (laughs) (laughs) Physically. (laughs) And didn't just collect them because they were round and shiny. Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Kyle Imperator and Emily Moyers take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. Hey, this is a really interesting opening. Welcome to Butter No Parsnips, everybody. <laughs> I'm Emily Moyers. And I'm Kyle Imperator. And Kyle, you, I hear, have got a very interesting word for me today. I do. I'm so excited. Oh, good. I'm excited, too. Emily, my word for you today is ingordigious. Oh, you monster. <laughs> I-N-G... O-R-D-I-G-I-O-U-S. Ingordigious. Ingordigious. Mm-hmm. Ingordigious, if I wanted to be... Pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, Frenchified. Like, oh, to really Frenchified. make a meal out of it. Make a meal, yeah. Boy, it's an adjective, I'm going to assume. That's a safe assumption. It is an adjective. Okay. Can I ask, mm-hmm. is the in, does that negate it? Like, can something be gordigious and this is the opposite? No. Or is it like inflammable where it it just means the same? Neither. Oh, even worse. <laughs> oh, boy. Can I have a clue, Kyle? I'm, I'm just at a loss. I do have a one word clue for you. Your clue is Wario. You're even more of a monster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The word is ingordigious and the clue... Is Wario. Is Wario. You just really got that movie on the brain, huh? (laughs) Yeah, you know, he's not in that, but... (laughs) (laughs) I meant the original. Also not in that. (laughs) So funny. I've seen neither. Um, Okay, okay. In Gordigious, so the gore part of it is Mm -hmm. making me think of, like, big. Okay, all right. Ingordigious. It means if I say it enough, then then it'll just come to me. <laughs> it's true. It's honestly has worked for both of us in the past. So 
That's fair. Okay, ready? Ingordigious is an adjective. It means bigger than it used to be. <laughs> so context specific. <laughs> Ingordigious, bigger than it used to be. I I love that definition. <laughs> Uh, but unfortunately, that is incorrect, Emily. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Are you ready for the correct definition? Please, please tell me, Kyle. I feel a fool. <laughs> Don't. Because I had no idea what this word was until I came across it. Ingordigious means greedy. Oh. Well, Just then straight if, up greedy. If you're ingordigious enough, you will be bigger than you used to be. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good. That's yeah. <laughs> Kyle, tell me about ingordigious. Yeah, will do. Emily, ingordigious is a crazy, crazy word. <laughs> yeah, it just means greedy. That's such it, a that's such a flowery word for a simple it, thing. It just means greedy, and it's so funny that you brought up like, oh, does the in mean not? Because it doesn't, and I don't know why it's there. <laughs> and as far as I can tell, ingordigious is mostly an obsolete word, and in fact may never have truly been olete in the first place. <laughs> so as such, it, it mostly appears in obscure or extinct word dictionaries, and the etymology is a bit hard to determine. Ooh, we love those. We do love those. Uh, but I'm going to trust the OED on this and just kind of common sense. So sure. it, it seems to come from the Italian noun ingordigia, which means a greed for something. Oh. Oh, that comes from the adjective ingordo, meaning greedy. Gotcha. So it's an Italian word. Probably, I would assume, stemming from a Latin word, as most Italian words do. Perchance, but we're going to talk about that a little later in the episode, Ooh, Emily. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that nugget for later. <laughs> <laughs> Put a pin in that. But yeah, I mean, it's funny it's now that I think of it. Speaking of Wario, it's it's funny that this comes from ingordo, <laughs> meaning greedy. Don't relate it back to Wario again. <laughs> I, I always relate it back to Wario. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I've so been meaning to talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Emily, the <laughs> earliest use of ingordigious was in a publication of letters by a physician named John Bastwick in 1637 was when he published that. A physician? Strange, right? Yes. <laughs> it mostly has nothing to do with why he published these it's letters. so funny. <laughs> I was like, was this in a medical paper? That's so <laughs> no. weird. He was just generally a very controversial man. Oh. He became known for some Latin language anti-Catholic writings that he wrote. Hey. Uh, yeah, it got, it, they got him imprisoned in 1636. Yeah, that would get you imprisoned in uh, yeah. 1636. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this adds up. <laughs> and he was imprisoned under the condition that he recant in order to be released, so that he'd take back what he said, right? Sure. What do you think he did, Emily? I'm thinking he said, I'm so sorry, you're absolutely right, let me take it all back and be your slave for a year. 
If he had done that, we would have had so little to talk about today, Emily. (laughs) No, Emily, he did not recant. It seems that he was very comfortable at the gatehouse prison where he was staying. (laughs) Oh, funny. Mostly because he was permitted to have his wife and children live with him there, which is just like unheard of to me. Sorry, I would rephrase that as he dragged his wife and children there. (laughs) That too, I guess. If I gotta be here, you guys gotta yeah. stay with me too. I've been arrested, which means we've all been arrested. <laughs> no, I don't think yeah. it means that, dear. The kids have school. <laughs> My family's under arrest. No, you're under arrest. <laughs> you did this. Yeah. He complained only that he ate roast meat just once a week. That was his biggest complaint about being in prison. <laughs> this is... A, this is... An entitled son of a gun. (laughs) Yeah, truly, right? (laughs) Instead, Emily, Bastwick was asked by a publisher to write his first English language work, which would go on to become a four-part grievance against his religious and political enemies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and my biggest problem with the Catholic Church is that they don't let me sit up front every time when I go. (laughs) I want to reach my hand in and grab a big fistful of wafers, but they're telling me only one at a time. I want to get the best view of the house, but I got to look through this little squinty hole (laughs) in the wall. (laughs) They won't let me kiss the nuns. (laughs) So, Emily, his grievance is colloquially known as his litany. Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) Although each part of it of which there were four, have an incredibly lengthy title, which I will spare the listeners of now. Aww. But the titles, I know, it's they're <laughs> so good, but I didn't want to make the whole episode about them. That's fair. But the fact that they're lengthy demonstrates Bastwick's elaborate writing style. Sure. Right? He's he's a he's a um all in kind of guy. <laughs> Definitely all in. All just in, you as wait. in all of my family is in prison. <laughs> is in prison. <laughs> good. In fact, Emily, inside Bastwick's litany, he rails against the bishopry and courts in such florid language that one might be convinced they are instead reading an obscure word dictionary. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to get all the funny words in here and that way they won't know I'm insulting them. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) He says particularly of the court officers that imprisoned him. For their conversations, they are exorbitantly luxurious, temulent, inordinately <gasps> proud, and excessively ingurdigious and exacting, and of such debauchedness of lives and manners, and so brutish and unnatural, as the very sins of Sodom and the old world are revived again amongst them. Ebriety, venery, fullness of bread, and idleness are the least sins of that convocation, and accounted among them but peccadillos, yea, a theme and matter of ludibri. Greater cruelty, extortion, rapine, robbery, and bribery, to say nothing of devilry, atheism, and popery, I know nowhere, nor more daring oppressions, those crying and clamorous sins, than in the, in the daily practices of that conclave and commons. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know he didn't say potpourri as in potpourri, potpourri. but that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, devilry, atheism, and potpourri. Potpourri, the highest of sins. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> for a snob, it might be a sin, you know? It's true. It's like, it makes the room smell funny. I don't like it. <laughs> Those Catholics and their frankincense. 
They keep burning all these candles in this small stone room. It's, it's stuffy. It's stuffy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, he's there's a lot there, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. Just a lot. So, yeah, he's got a lot of issues with uh, priests. With everybody, with Emily. Everybody. <laughs> I mean, this is one paragraph of a very lengthy first part of a four-part <laughs> litany. Right? Litany, yeah. Yeah. So he wrote this litany, obviously, while in prison. Right. Really, really increasing his odds of getting out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He then had it smuggled out and published in Holland by his friend John Lilburn. A lot of Johns here. A lot of Johns. Wait for it, Emily. (laughs) John Lilburn was then betrayed by his assistant, John Chilliburn. (laughs) This this whole experience led to a second trial for Bastwick, in which he was found guilty of sedition, forced to pay 5,000 pounds in fines, sentenced to lose his ears in the pillory, Ah! and then be imprisoned for life. (laughs) I mean, first of all, 5,000 pounds in 16-whatever is like an impossible amount of money. Right? Second of all, both ears? (laughs) Both ears, Emily. Good God. Supposedly, as a physician, Bastwick supplied his own scalpel for the deed, and his wife not only kissed each ear before the surgery, she also placed them by her bosom once they were removed. Yeah. Boy. Right? (laughs) She gotta leave him, you know? She she gotta. She she can do better. Susanna, you can do better. Like, I'm imagining, like, the prison guards would let her leave if she left him. (laughs) Yeah, just like, lady, like, come on, did you see what she, you, did you see what he wrote about you in this litany? (laughs) He called you (laughs) ingordigious. Well, speaking of ingordigious, Emily, later on, he was proven to be correct in the fact that the courts were ingordigious well, at sure. the time of his arrest because he was later retried and released from prison and then compensated his 5,000 pounds through taxes. They, like, created a new tax to give him his money back. They gave him taxes? Yeah, they compensated him 5,000 pounds. They said, the public owes you this money for you have been wronged in the first place. So, like, he got it at his tax return? No, no, no. Like, they instituted a new, like, specific tax. Oh, they taxed everyone else yeah, to give to him that money. money. Yes, gotcha, gotcha, exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I was like, what is this reverse tax? <laughs> yeah. There was not much they could do about the ears, though. They couldn't sure. get him those back. Yeah, yeah. We're going to chop off a tiny little piece of everyone's ears, <laughs> everyone's ears. and sew them all together to make you a Franken-ear. Yeah. One giant one, not two. <laughs> one, yeah. <laughs> one Franken-ear. <laughs> he eventually turned against Lilburn. There's a whole thing where, you know, they kind of separated on religious and political viewpoints and he would like ended up writing a lot of you know defenses like against himself against Lilburn like a whole thing but wow what's this guy's last name again bastwick john bastwick Bastwick. i really want like a movie in the style of boz lerman's romeo and juliet that is Lilburn, Chilburn, and Bastwick. Lilburn, Chilburn, and Bastwick. See, I thought you were just going to say in the style of John Wick. That's John Bastwick. <laughs> John Bastwick. <laughs> John Bestwick. John Bestwick. 
Emily, going back to Bastwick's list of sins that he has in there. Yeah. He listed venery as a sin. Do you know what venery is? I feel like, well, is it as in the word like venerated? Um, it could be. Because venerate is like, like to pray to or to worship. What's venery? Venery, for fans of the podcast, they might have heard the word before in our Tantivy episode. <gasps> tantivy, Tantivy, Tantivy. <laughs> venery can be deer or what you are hunting. But in this oh. context, it comes from the word Venus and it means lust. <gasps> Oh, I bet the those do have a common origin. Is venery. Yeah, right? Yeah. What about idleness, Emily? You know what idleness is, right? What that sin is? It would be like like sloth. What about fullness of bread? <laughs> <laughs> is that like also greed? I think it can be greed. I think it can also be gluttony. Oh, sure. Oh, we're, ju- we're doing the seven deadlies, huh? We're talking about the seven deadlies now, Emily. Okay. So I was struck by how many sins are kind of just extensions of greed. Yeah. Like lust is just like an excess, like a desire for sex. Yeah. It's a greed for sex. Yes. And idleness is like a greed for sleep. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they might all be connected more than we think, Emily. (gasps) You see, that Italian adjective, ingordo, Uh comes from the dialectical Italian, gordo, which in turn comes from an ecclesiastical Latin noun, gurdus, a word meaning dolt or oaf. (laughs) That might go back further to Proto-Italic and Proto-Indo-European words meaning stubborn, heavy or slow. So that relates back to not only sloth, but also gluttony, right? Sure, because heavy was in there, yeah. Right. And if you haven't already drawn the connection, Emily, gordus is also the ancestor of the Spanish gordo fat. Right. That was where I was at in the beginning. Yeah. I was trying to get to that word. So the connection between gluttony and greed can be seen in the biographer Roger North's own autobiography. It was published sometime after his death in 1734. Mm -hmm. And it relates this childhood lesson that he learned on overindulgence. If fruit had been in any way hurtful, I had been poisoned. There was seldom a night when I did not eat a pennyworth of apples in bed before I slept. Here I first knew what debt was, for this ingordigiousness of fruit having exhausted our stock was a burden so heavy to a little man of honor that he declined ever after to be in like circumstances. (laughs) So basically he just ate so many apples as a kid that he (laughs) ate his family out of apples and he owed the apple maker credit. So funny. (laughs) Of apples. Yeah. So uh, there's another connection between gluttony and greed here. In fact, Emily, the word greed itself stems from an old English word, gradig, which could mean either covetous or eager to obtain or voracious, very hungry. Well, sure, because like if you're you're like hungry for a thing. Right. It was not until much later that all of these kind of words had specific meanings where greed was for material wealth and gluttony was for food and lust was for sexual desire. Sure. Semantic narrowing. A semantic narrowing, Emily. Love that. 
The lexicographer Jonathan Green compares this semantic relation between these sins through the lens of slang words in a series of blog posts that he wrote in 2011. Oh. He says, A look back to gluttony will show that some of those terms can be used outside the food context, and the same works in reverse. Piggish and hoggish straddle every variety of greed. It is, however, those that are tight and whose pockets are deep that see slang at its most expansive. As ever, it revels in the downside, and its litany of the ingordigious lets misers grasp without shame. <laughs> that is exactly the kind of floridness I would expect from a, a blog-posting lexicographer. <laughs> a blog-posting lexicographer, Yeah. <laughs> So, um, Emily, outside of these examples, you're hard-pressed to find ingordigious in natural writing. Sure. It seems like it would be used when you want to use a silly word for a simple thing. Exactly, Emily. Yeah. Speaking of which, most recently, it was used in a particularly fun way that I think you'll really get a kick out of. Oh, so on April 19th, 2021, the lexicographer Susie Dent... <gasps> tweeted ingordigiousness as her word of the day. Amazing. Defining it as extreme greed and insatiable desire for wealth at any cost. Love me some Susie Dent. Love She's me some Susie Dent. You're going to love her even more <coughs> when you learn the context. <gasps> there was context. <laughs> there was context. Many news outlets, Emily, pointed out that this tweet suspiciously arrived on the same day as the announcement that 12 of Europe's top football clubs were forming a breakaway Super League, which was largely seen as a self-aggrandizing move to increase their wallet size. Really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So Susie was basically just like throwing shade at yeah, the football yeah, yeah. teams with the use of ingordigious. Subtly. Yeah. Which is the best way to throw shade. And yes, thus, Susie's dig at the football elite has helped define this new era of ingordigiousness that we live in, Emily. <laughs> I mean, that's a it's a really great word. Love all of those quotes that you pulled out. <laughs> yeah. Those were all really good. <laughs> those are mostly all of the quotes that exist of ingordigious. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess if it's a word that's as much as ingordigious, then all yeah. the quotes would have to be good. It's an extra word, you know? Extra. That is <laughs> yeah. the word. Thank you. Well, Emily, that brings me to that moment that we always pine for. <laughs> or dread. <laughs> or, or yeah, or lust for, or greed for. <laughs> uh, Emily, can you use ingordigious in a sentence? I can, but now it's got to be really good because I just set that up. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> this word is so extra, it demands an extra sentence. Truly. Uh Every weekend at the retail establishment where I work, I fall victim to the hectic, ingordigious shoppers that throng through the doors. Beautiful. And I'm exhausted at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, I, Emily, if that's not the start of a four-part litany of grievances, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Truly it is. I'm going to write that down, save it for my magnum opus. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Speaking of writing down yep. and saving. Perfect are segue. You, I, perfect segue. Are you ready for a game, Emily? I am so ready for a game, Kyle. Kyle. 
Emily, your game today is called That's Just Gross, Green with Envy. It's a three-peat. <laughs> it's a three-peat. <laughs> wow, a blast from our past. Everybody a go blast. listen to Tantivy and yes. Billingsgate. And Billingsgate, yeah. So, Emily, Wiktionary claims that ingordo is possibly connected to the ultimate source of the English word gross. Wow. Yes, wow is incredible, right? Which is why when you said, oh, gore sounds like big earlier, I was like, wow. Sure. She's kind of right. Like the German gross? <laughs> yes, the German gross. I can neither confirm nor deny this. I couldn't find proof of it. But in honor of our friend, the late great slang lexicographer Francis Gross. Yeah. This game felt only appropriate. Sure. Jonathan Green, who we talked about earlier for his part, is the author of Green's Dictionary of Slang, which is probably the largest database of slang terms on the planet. Wow. It's incredible. You check it out when you get a chance. I'm gonna. So, Emily, I'm gonna list some of the sinful slang terms from his dictionary, and you're gonna tell me which one is the greedy word. So I'm gonna give oh. you three words, and one of them is a greed word, and the other two are related to a different sin. Love it. So this first round, two of them are gluttony sins, and one of them's a greed sin. Oh, okay. Okay, we're getting pedantic <laughs> pedantic ready <laughs> so your options are pinch belly belly paunch and belly bottom concrete oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say is a because it sort of sounds like um like penny pinch although i guess that's frugal not greedy i'm sticking to my answer i am lady it's good you're sticking to that answer because it is correct <gasps> <laughs> what was that was that star fox that, no it was the winning theme it was just really bad oh okay <laughs> yeah i recognized it was really it bad because i bailed out really early <laughs> yeah so emily a pinch belly also known as a pinch gut is a miser the term oh. comes from the fact that misers constantly feel the need to tighten their belt so i was on the right track you were Meanwhile, a belly paunch is a glutton, and belly bottom concrete is a very large round boiled dumpling, something <laughs> that a glutton might partake in. <laughs> sure, that's fun. Okay, you ready for your next set of answers? Yeah. Two of these are sloth sins, and one of them is greed. Gotcha. You have gold brick, dress and breath, and <sighs> one way kid. Oh, boy. I mean, it's gotta be gold brick, doesn't it? Is that your final answer? Yeah, I feel like it's wrong, but yeah. <laughs> it is wrong, Emily. Yeah, that makes sense. A gold brick is a United States slang for a loafer, actually. Oh, oh, you said sloth. Sloth, yes. I forgot which sin I was thinking about. That's okay. <laughs> I can't remember why why it's it means a loafer, but it means a loafer. Well, a brick just feels like sure. And dress and breath is also is a very lazy woman. Gotcha. Whereas a one way kid is a greedy person, as yeah. in one who takes but does not give. It's yeah, a one way kid. That actually makes a lot of sense. I should have said that. Well, you know, hindsight, hindsight. is yeah. <laughs> wow. We're twins. <laughs> Emily, you ready for your last set of answers? Yes. This okay. one I'm going to get for sure. We will see. 
<laughs> so your answers are hair finder, old hunks, and lady hotbot. Oh, let me preface. Yeah, yeah. One, this two of these lust. are lust. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so read them one more time. Hair finder, oh. old hunks, and God. lady hotbot. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, I hate them all. <laughs> I know, I know you do. <laughs> Boy, I know I'm, I'm just, I'm just the kid who puts C's all down the line. But I think it's A again. <laughs> you think it's hair finder? No. <laughs> oh wow! So, so, so confused. So funny. <laughs> I thought about it more. There's like a line of logic in my head that says it could mean greed, but I feel like it's so much more likely. That it means lust. What was B again? Old hunks. <laughs> H-U-N-K-S. Yeah, I thought yeah. so. No, I'm going to say A, because I don't see how it's either of the others. I'm going to, I'm A's down the line. <laughs> I think that's completely fair, Emily. Although you are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> a hair finder is a womanizer, as in with hunting, someone that finds the hairs. Oh, it was H-A-R-E? Yeah, sorry. Oh. And the other lust word was Lady Hotbot, which is a promiscuous woman. Hotbot here being an abbreviation of hot bottom. Oh. <laughs> Whereas Old Hunks is a miser, and it possibly comes from Hunks, the name of a 17th century bear that was just famous for oh, some reason. My God. <laughs> In the sense that misers are bear-like when they hug their money. An old hunks, yeah. which is the name of a bear. Awful. Which is the name of a bear. I know. Incredible, right? <laughs> so yeah, oh. Emily, by failing this quiz, you've just proved your lack of ingordigiousness. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'll take that. Yeah. So congratulations. Wow. I mean, congrats to you, Kyle. This was a great word. Thank you. I'm uh, happy with it. Hey, everybody out there listening, remember that you can find Butter No Parsnips on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram at Butter No Parsnips Podcast. And if you like today's episode, consider giving us a five-star rating or review wherever you heard us. And if you really like today's episode, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. Donating $5 or more earns you a shout out either on social media or here on the podcast. So thanks so much to all of you. You help us make what we make. And with that, I've been Kyle and Tour. And I've been Emily Moyers, and this has been an ingordigious episode of <laughs> Butter No Parsnips. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Butter No Parsnips. Butter No Parsnips is produced by Seth Glicksman, Emily Moyers, and Kyle Imperator. The theme music and additional music is by Kyle Imperator. If you liked listening to this episode, subscribe and give us a good rating and or positive review wherever you heard it. If you really liked listening, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. There you can get bonus content you can't get anywhere else, like the monthly Patreon-exclusive podcast Buttered Parsnips. Your support means the world to us and encourages us to keep making more. Thanks in advance, and we'll be back next week.